Hey there, so thanks so much for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about the tree of life. The difference between good and evil. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you said you'd be where we were when we gathered in your name. You'd be here in the midst of us, so we just acknowledge your presence. We thank you that you're here to teach us. You want us to have understanding as to how to walk in your kingdom right here on the earth. And to prove your will is good and perfect is what you're calling us to do to glorify the Father. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. He's so good. He's so in love with us. I want to read to you Genesis 2, 9. It says, And out of the ground the Lord made to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight, to be desired good, suitable, pleasant for food, the tree of life also in the center of the garden, and the tree of knowledge, the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. And so, and of course, we know that Adam and Eve weren't supposed to eat off of just that one tree. And then the enemy came and said, did God really say? And, you know, maybe we're wondering because, you know, the enemy said, well, then you're just going to know the difference between good and evil. And, and that's exactly what happened. And so why wouldn't God want them to know the difference between good and evil. And I wasn't sure about that. And I felt like God was saying, what about you and your kids? What about you and your kids? Do you, do you protect them from evil? Of course you do. And so when you have babies, there there's things that you just do not want them to lay their eyes on. You want to protect them as long as you can. You want them to know um, what good is, and you don't want them subject to evil, and so you protect them, you guard them. That's what God was doing. And Satan, of course, knew that, and he wanted to tempt them. He wanted to be their God. He wanted to get them away from God. He, w- he was starting a division between God and us, between God and Adam and Eve. That's what, that's what his plan was. That's what God was showing me. And, you know, as soon as they did sin, and the sin was not doing what God told them to do, and God said they would die, and they did. You know, they they right away felt shame and, you know, wanted to cover up, and even they ran from God. Just like your kids, when they do something that you do not want them to do, they hide it from you, and they feel that shame. So Satan's already at work, you know, right in the beginning, and he wants us to feel shame, and he wants us to be separated from God, and he wants us to choose the things that are not good for us, and all God was doing was trying to prevent that from happening. And so I assume that is what heaven is going to be like. We're not going to have that temptation. But here and now, we have that choice. Um, when I was thinking about this morning, that this morning I was thinking about when my son was little, and I didn't want him to have um, things that weren't good for him because I had a taste of that, and it's not good. And we know the results of eating food that's bad. And we just read how God created the garden for us to eat those good things out of the garden. And so I didn't want him to have bad things. So he never had the the hostess cupcakes until he went to church one day. And without my permission, of course, they were giving him junk food and gave him that. And they were so surprised he never had one. And when he came home, he wanted to know why. And I said, because it's not good for you. And it doesn't grow into any kind of good habits. I want you to eat healthy. 
And so then, of course, he wanted to please me, but, you know, that temptation was now there. He had a taste of that. When we have a taste of something that isn't good, we want more. That's just how it is. And, and that, that is Satan's ploy. You know, it also reminded me of when my son was born with spina bifida and hydrocephalus. And um, he, I told him the truth, that by his stripes we were healed. And was teaching him how to live in the kingdom of God, God's way. And going outside of the things that I was teaching him, um, he heard things contrary to the truth. And so he struggled, and um, his healing has taken longer than it should have because he was hearing things contrary to the truth. And so he started questioning the things that I was teaching him because not many people walk in the truth. Not many people walk in divine healing. We don't live out the kingdom of God. So what I'm teaching him is extraordinary compared to the way the world lives. And so he started to see that difference. And so it has taken him time to get back on track and to start believing the truth. He wants to eat the good fruit. He doesn't want to eat off the the tree that Satan wants him to eat off of. He doesn't want to um, live that lie, and neither do you. And Satan is just a lie, and he's starting that division. He's trying to start that division in your life when he starts talking to you. He was starting that division between my son and God. And um, thank God, and of course, he never turned away. He just did some doubting, which made things take longer. I was thinking maybe I should have never just even let him out of the house and and be exposed to the world. But of course, then um, you can lose your healing if you don't believe the truth. And he would have that experience later. So it's something we all have to deal with. We have to choose. We have a choice now here on the earth to choose good or to choose evil. And so because we've been exposed to the evil and because when you know we we do things that feel good it's a little harder to resist right i mean if you have cake and most cake has some pretty bad ingredients in it um you are going to die i mean you're you're sooner or later we all are going to die but the things in the cake are not good for you most of them unless you make your own healthy cake so the thing is, what God is saying is if, if you live in this realm of evil, if you're going to do the things that are not good for you, then you're going to be separated from me because I'm a God of good and I want good for you. And I'm calling you to live in this good place. I'm calling you to believe me. And so to believe we're not going to eat off of that tree. We're not going to eat off of it. We're going to just stay with God and we're going to trust God. And we're not even going to go taste the cake because once you have the cake, then you're going to want more cake and then you got to resist the cake. So you're better off not even touching the cake and just trusting God. And so that is the message I have for you today. And actually, I feel him prompting me to talk about the food he made in the garden is for good and it's for your health. And that is what he had intended from the beginning for us to eat. So if you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, then he is waiting for you to invite him in. He's already knocking at the door of your heart, 
Revelation 3.20, and he's waiting for an invitation to come and live on the inside of you and show you how to live that good life that God intended for you right here, right now on the earth. And that happens as you invite him in and you you make choices um, according to his will. You, You make the choice to live in actually heaven on the earth. You live guided by the Holy Spirit. And so he's just waiting for you to invite him in. And if you want to do that, I want to pray that prayer with you. And when you invite him in, it's a relationship and he teaches you and actually through the word of God. And so John 1, 1 tells us he is his word. So you, you got to get to know the word of God and then apply that word, come in agreement with it and do the word. And that's how he lives on the inside of you. You got to be ready for correction, for teaching, because we've we've already been contaminated by the world. We've already um, eaten off the tree, and so now we need help making those right choices. And Jesus is going to help you do that. The Holy Spirit actually is going to come and live on the inside of you. He's your strengthener, your standby, your counselor. He's going to teach you all the things that you need to know to live in the kingdom of God, and then prepare to move in him, with Him when you leave here. So say that prayer with me. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to live on the inside of us and you want to be our God. And we're just inviting you right now to come live on the inside of us. Teach us your way, correct us, and prepare us, fit us for heaven. Teach us your way right here and right now. And Lord, we just pray that we could just be that example of who you are. We just pray that we could be that example, that we could glorify the Father, that we could do your will and show that your will is good and perfect. We just thank you and praise you that we would be showing to be true disciples of yours. We're asking you to correct us and teach us. We're giving you permission to correct us, to show us how to live in the good you intended from the beginning. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory give you all the glory. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. In your name we pray, Lord, you are so good. He is so good. He's so in love with us. And you said that prayer. I would love it so much if you let me know. And um, yeah, he's trying to protect you from the evil of the world. And that happens as you cling to the vine, as you let him teach you and hold you and be everything for you. And yeah, I said hold you because sometimes things get a little rough and we just need him to love on us. And he does that. He wants to love on you. He wants to teach you who he is. He just wants to be your everything. He's so good. He's so in love with you. And as I said, you got to know the word now. John 1 1 says he is his word. And so you got to get to know that word and then do that word. And Jesus said that if you love me, you'll obey me and I'll manifest myself to you. So not only be reading the word, but he's going to start showing you who he is. In Corinthians, it says we're going to have his thoughts, his feelings. And um, in John 10, 27, he said we're going to know his voice. And so he is a tangible God. And he, I mean, how do you actually live in his kingdom without having communication with him? So his intention is that you hear him. His intention is that we have conversation with him. So if you said that prayer, I said, as I said, I love it so much. If you let me know or if I didn't say it, I would love it 
if you would let me know. I really would. It would be so exciting to know. And congratulations if you said that prayer. And if you you already said that prayer, but I inspired you in any way, I would so love it if you would let me know that as well. Thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.